0: This magnificent and beautiful setting. We'll go to the 17th. Gibby Gilbert ready to hit his second shot. To the far four bunker in front of the flagstick. He's got four birdies here in the back nine. Two more. He would tie the nine hole record of 30. That looks pretty good. He's got a shot.
1: At the birdie. Two feet for Gilbert. Boy, nobody made a move at Ballesteros on the front nine, but since he made the turn, Gilbert has got the scent suddenly, perhaps because of his problems. Let's go to 15. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the ChatGolf.com podcast sponsored by Pure Greens and Turf. I'm your host, Zeb Patton. The clip you just heard was from the final round of the 1980 Masters, where my friend Gibby Gilbert put on quite the show. Seve Ballesteros entered the back nine that day with a 10-shot lead. However, with Gibby birding holes 13, 14, 15, and 16 and Sevy having problems, Gibby came to the 17th just three shots behind. The clip you heard was the announcers describing his approach shot into the 17th. Gibby finished tied second that year. While on tour, Gibby won three times and six times on the PGA Champions Tour, making him hands down the GOAT of Chattanooga Golf. So wherever you are... Get ready to hear from the man himself, Gibby Gilbert. Zeb, thank you. So, you know, there's only, you know, most golfers that have real first-name names like Tiger and Jack, Arnie, Gibby, and Zeb, you know, if you're a one-name golfer, you're probably pretty
0: good. Well, my real name is C L. Initials only, and yeah, my father was C L. So they had to come up with a nickname for me. So I'm, I'm Gibby.
1: So on your license, it's C L. It's C L. What does C L stand for? Stands for nothing. It's initials only. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't catch any grief over that over the
0: years. It's did been Jeff? a hard time living that up. Yeah. So how'd they come up with Gibby? I guess just off Gilbert. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, that's yeah. too but funny.
0: that's all I've ever known as Gibby.
1: Well, one of the things I want to do, I was telling you earlier, is that, and I've known you for a long time, and I read things last night, just trying to put some notes together, that I didn't even know about. I mean, it's, And I know that several people in Chattanooga would love to hear some of this. So let's kind of go back over the early years. I think you started golf, playing golf around 10 or 11 years old, maybe? Well, about 13 years old. I started here in Chattanooga. My first round of
0: golf was at Brainerd Golf Course and uh, fell in love with it first round. What year would that have been? 1954. fifty-four. Fifty-four. okay. Yep. And, and, and you know, I've played golf. I still love golf. It don't love me now, but I love golf. But uh, it's, it's a great game. It's golf. It, to me, golf is life. Sure. It, really, it really is. It, I love it.
1: This is going to be so much fun. There's so many things I, I, I want to ask you. All right, so you started playing when you were 13. You're... You, I I don't think you took any lessons right away, did you? No, I
0: played, uh, you know, I just started playing, and I think I was about 16 or 17. I played in the Sandy Summers tournament up on Signal Mountain. Okay, sure. And I shot 67 first day.
1: How old were you then? I was
0: 16 or 17 years old. And then the next day, I shot 80. And then I shot 74 the last day, and Mike Malarkey beat me a shot. And Don Malarkey was a pro there. And Don came over and he said, young man, says, uh, I think you might, you know, be a pretty good player. I'd, I'd like to help you out and give you some lessons. And I said, I'd love to, but I don't have any money. And he, he gave me, he changed my grip and gave me a couple of lessons and everything. And I just stuck with it.
1: I never I never knew that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, my dad wrote uh, the, the book about Don Malarkey's life. Yeah. Um, I got to get you a copy. of He was good. a great man. Oh, he's unbelievable. Yeah. So from there, so you're, at this point, you're you're at Central High School, right? I went to
0: Central High School, 56, 7, 8, and 9. Graduated in fifty nine. And did they have a golf team? They had, we had a golf team, and I was captain of the golf team for four years there. Who any other players that we might have known? Wayne Holson back was played. Uh, Donnie Potter played. Uh, Roger Crownover played. We had some pretty good. We had a team that should have won the state, but we didn't. We were, you know. We had a good team. Well,
1: I had a team that should have won the state my senior year. It was yeah. a, and I'm sure you don't remember this, but this is 1983. And there was three school, There were three teams in Chattanooga that were really, really good. Really yeah. good. Yeah, Tyner, which had your son on it. Gibby. Notre Dame. They had um, oh, the, uh, the Music Guys store um, down on Russell Boulevard. What? Oh, you know what I'm talking about Charlie
0: yep. Chambers. Charlie Chambers, yeah. And
1: then we had at Baylor, we were very good. And we were by far the three best teams in the state. Well, in that way it worked back then. The district, <coughs> two teams would leave the district. We went. We were at Brainerd, and we tied with Notre Dame for first place. And then we ended up, there ended up being a, a rules situation where one of our guys had taken, you know, the, the, the ditches weren't quite, you know, the ditches, we, I'm not sure if he didn't know, where, I think they were playing it where if you were in the fairway, you got a drop. Anyway, a drop was taken. It shouldn't have been taken. We got disqualified, and they went on. Mm. But... Uh, some awful good teams, but how about the city golf? Was city pretty good at that time when you were playing? Well, of course, you know when when I
0: grew up, we only had one one uh, public golf course. Mm-hmm. We had Lookout Mountain, Signal Mountain, the Country Club, and Brainerd, well, and Rivermont, which was private back in those days. So I played Brainerd golf, you know. And uh, there was a few tournaments for kids, not too much. We had the JC tournaments, and and uh, we had a you know a couple of tournaments, but. Uh, I played all I could, but the golf courses, you know, playing Brainerd, it's a nice golf course and everything, but it's just not the test that, that I needed to play to, to get better.
1: So, how about, um, like, City High School? Did, who was it? Were there, were there some players that, during that era that, when you were there? Like I know Hunt, Hunt's younger than you, but there were some awful good players that came out of City High School.
0: Yeah, gosh, I don't know. I can't remember. I, I see. I, I graduated in '59. Then I went to UC UTC, '60 right. 60 and '61. Then I moved to Florida at '61. So after really after high school, I didn't have uh, you know didn't know a lot about
1: Chattanooga for I was gone 15 okay. years. Okay, well that that, that explains yeah. that gap there. All right, so we're 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 having we're some tournaments and we've had a good single mountain. and we've had, we're starting to play pretty good. You moved to Florida. Um, you turned pro pretty soon after that. I moved
0: to Florida in 61 to learn to play golf. My father and mother father lived in Hollywood, Florida, and they said there's some good golf courses down here, and I wanted, my whole life, all I ever wanted to do was go on the PGA Tour. And I moved to Florida to learn to play golf, and uh, you know, I, I played down there quite a bit. I, I, my, I think my, either 62 or 63, I finished second in the Florida State Amateur up in Orlando, and then the first year second year 62 or 63 I played the Miami Metro which was the biggest amateur tournament in South Florida and uh, it was like uh, you know the. US amateur you have one round qualifying and then match play and uh, the captain of the university golf team shot 67 I shot 68 so he played this line and I played that line and uh, we met in the finals 36 whole finals. And I beat him nine and eight. Oh goodness! So in the final, so I won the Miami Metro, and and right after that I turned pro. And
1: so when you turned pro, did you were you able to find some terms to play in for money right away? Did you have to? And I know you. I know you worked as an assistant pro at some point. Yes. I played it. There were some some tournaments
0: in Florida, you know, little $1,000 first prize tournaments that I played in in those. And uh, I played against Mo Norman, you know, a bunch of guys down there. And I won a few of those. And then I accepted a club job at Hillcrest Country Club, assistant pro, in 1965. And I worked there for a couple of years, and then fall of 1967, I, you know, I've, I was working on my game the whole time, and fall of 67, the qualifying for the PGA Tour was at West Palm Beach. Uh, I can't remember the name of the course now, but it was the old McDonald's Farm, something like that, golf course, right across where the PGA is now, and I went up there to try to qualify for the tour, and it was an eight-round qualifying, and I finished one shot behind Bobby Cole, I finished second qualifying. How many spots did they have? I, I think 25 or so. Not not like now. Right. Now, now they have 4, four or 5. Cost, you mean what it cost to enter? I don't. I don't. No, it wasn't much cuz I didn't have much. <laughs> so that was, it was was it in the fall of the year. It was uh, yeah, it was fall of fall of 1967. So 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 the spring of 68 you're going to be fully exempt going out there. Yeah. Now the qualifying school in those days only gave you the right to qualify on Monday. Uh, that's right. Yeah, you know, so uh, you, i didn't have to qualify on Thursday to qualify on Monday. I qualified on Monday, but I, you know, the first tour started at, at on uh, California on the coast, and I picked him up at Doral in March. Yeah, because it probably would have cost so much money you know, just I, to go out yeah, there. Yeah, I, not I couldn't be- go out there. Yeah, but I played uh, 60, 68... I won a little money, but I spent more than I made. And then 1969, same thing. I wanted a little money, but I spent more than I made. And then 1970, I picked him up in March at Doral, and uh, I played played on. And at Hattiesburg, Mississippi, the total total purse at Hattiesburg was forty thousand dollars. And I go to Hattiesburg. The next week was Houston Champions, which is a was an invitational tournament. And they only took a hundred players. I was a hundred and first on the money list, going to Hattiesburg. And I played the first three days. I played okay, but nothing. You know, in the first nine holes. You know, I was I was going to make a check, but you know, nothing great. And I shot thirty two the last nine holes to finish 99th on the money list. I got you. in Houston, and I go out there and win the tournament. And you win. Yep.
1: That's. And is that the point? Was there ever a point before then in those first two or three years when? you didn't think it, it might happen
0: I played you know I had good rounds I could have you know I could have good rounds and I, I think the thing that that I that I I expected when I'd have a decent round and get paired with one of the stars it didn't bother me I played okay and I thought well And if I can just you know just keep getting better every, every you know week you know who knows So what do you think that is I don't know. I just I love playing with those guys. You know, yeah, watch them on TV. So I love playing with them. So you,
1: used was just more about the enjoyment of getting to play with them. Yeah. You weren't worried about what they thought about your game or no, anything like that. No. No. That's that's a, that's a, that's unique, really. Yeah. I mean, I played in four PGA Tour events, and I, every time I was stargazing. And yeah. That that won't get it. No, it won't. <laughs> <laughs> that's what kept me kept me a club pro for a very yeah. long period of time. Yeah. That's exciting,
0: right? So, we win Houston. Won Houston and and honestly just it gave me so much confidence right there and I think one of the things that I'm more proud of than than winning the tournaments is I played 18 years on the regular tour and 14 years on the Champions Tour and never had to go back to the qualifying school. Wow. I, I made enough every
1: year to be exempt for the following year. That's, that's really unheard of. Yeah, that's, that's, I mean, that's, that's pretty that's, good. That's the ultimate consistency. Yeah. Um, and I didn't think that when you get a guy that has a different golf swing, um, you know, yours was left arm bent and wouldn't, well, wouldn't teach anybody for Cole sure. Yeah. Um, those are the guys that I always look at, they stay consistent. I mean, you look at Furyk. and guys like that, that they had to actually hit balls and learn how to fix themselves, per se, uh, or the ones that stayed out there for a long, long time. Yeah, it, you know, it, of course, in, in in my
0: days, you could be three or four fairways over and a guy could swing and you'd recognize his swing mm-hmm. because his swing was different than everybody oh, else. Sure. It's not that way today. Oh, no, they They're all, all the same. It's, it's, you know, know. Be, watch them hit, but, ball, hit balls. Yeah, if, if someone had told me to keep my left arm straight on the back backswing, I'd have never made it. No. No.
1: It, and and, and you never will to able
0: to do it. Yeah. I went to Bob Toshki one time to take a lesson, and first question, I said, Bob, how do, how do I keep my left arm straight on the backswing? So I took a swing and everything. He said, well, he said, do you want it straight on the backswing, or do you want it straight when you hit the ball? I said, well, I definitely want it straight when I hit the ball. He said, let's go play nine holes. Yeah, I, that's awesome.
1: Yeah. It's, was he the first good instructor you probably ever saw
0: I went to – I worked for a guy named Joe Gerlach down in Florida that helped me out a little bit. He helped me more short game. I went to Toshki one time – I went to Jack Grout, taught Nicholas. Mm-hmm. I drove Chattanooga to Columbus just to take a lesson up there. You know, I did that a couple of times, and and uh, you know, basically that's about it. Red what did he I, have
1: you do? You remember?
0: And I'd stand closer to the ball. That was about it. I I was I reached for it. I still reached for it. He, I reached for it quite a bit, and I had a tendency to hook the ball. You know, and he moved me in closer. In fact, he moved me in closer, and then I went to. Uh, Chicago and Milwaukee played Chicago Milwaukee back to back finished fourth fourth those next two
1: weeks but it only lasted two weeks <laughs> well you know our, our mutual friend Kip went to go see Jack Grout Is that right um, and Kip said it was the biggest mistake he ever made in his life yeah he said it just, he tried to change so much and Kip was such a field player and um, well, that's for another day so never ne- never had to go back to tour school
0: never had to go back
1: um your attitude going into the tour school the first year, and your attitude going into your first year on the Champions Tour had to be completely different. I would think. I would think you were pretty ready to go and knew, probably knew you were going to have some success on the Champions. Is that fair? Yeah. You know, I. I when I went to the the tour school. I really didn't know what
0: to expect because I'd never you know played against these I, I played against the guys that won the US Tony Jacklin and all those guys that won the mm-hmm. you know these amateur terms all that stuff I didn't know what to expect and I played in fact at the other four rounds I've got the lead I shot you know like eight under the first four rounds I've got the lead so I didn't know but I just hung on from there on in you know mm-hmm. but uh, going to qualify going to the senior tour then I really expected to play well and the first year I did okay I, you know, I, I played well, but I didn't win anything. And the next year, I got off to a decent start, and I, I felt like I was playing as well as the guys that were winning, but I wasn't winning. And uh, I called Greer Jones, my old buddy, and he, he met me in Kansas City, and uh, he caddied for me out there, and I, and we went out and take a practice round, and and uh, he said we finished the round. He said you're the worst chipper I've ever seen. He said you miss a green, it's a bogey. So we practiced chipping a couple of days, and you know I shot 62, 65, 66, and won by nine shots.
1: Well, you didn't have to chip, though.
0: No, I didn't have
1: to. But when I <laughs> but did, Mr. Like green, I got it up and down. <laughs> I was going to say, you probably didn't hit me. You were chipping. It was probably on a par five.
0: Yeah. Did yeah. you know
1: you were a bad chipper? Oh
0: yeah, I, you know it, chipping is. I I used to be you know on the regular tour. I was a pretty good chipper because I didn't hit the ball all that great. I could get it if I hit a green. I you know I felt like I could make birdie, but I could get it up and down from anywhere. And then I had you know four or five years off, and I guess I lost it a little bit.
1: How's your relationship? We and we went back quite a ways.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he started. He was a few years younger than me, and he started a few years after I did. But we, we played a lot of golf together. We played a lot of practice rounds together, and it, you know, we won the team championship at Disney World together. And it was really a good, good mix because we hit every club in the bag the same distance, and it was an easy, you know, easy for us to help each other out. So, but. Boy, he was a grinder. He could. He just decided one day he was gonna quit, and he quit and went home and got a coaching job at Wichita State.
1: Knows that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I read a lot of stuff, and, and everybody's gonna ask you who your favorite golfer was, and so he said it was Arnie. Arnold Palmer. So, well, do you remember the first time you got to play with him? I do. I've never. When, heard. When, where was that at? Rio Penar
0: in Orlando, Citrus Open.
1: That,
0: that was a PJ Tour event? Yep, yeah. I got paired with Arnold Palmer. I was, that, I got paired with him in the first two days. I had moved, I it was after I won in Houston, so I'd moved up into that so, category. That category and years. I got paired with Arnold Palmer first day, and I'm telling you what, I, on the practice T, I had the driest mouth, but I shot 67. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. What did he say about
0: that? I know? beat him, I beat him. We had fun all the way around. He's a great guy, he really is. And you got to play with him. Yeah, uh, quite a, quite, quite, a quite a bit. Probably one of the saddest things that ever happened to me was uh, when once Greer retired and everything, and then I started having to get you know different partners for the thing. And I asked Bobby Mitchell to be my partner, you know, at the uh, team championship down in Orlando. And about an hour later, Arnold Palmer came up and asked me, oh. and I had to tell him no. <laughs> I've regretted that the rest of my <laughs> life. Yeah. Oh,
1: Bobby's not listening.
0: Is Bobby still alive? No, Bobby's dead. No, we, no. Yeah, All Bobby. my buddies are dying. <laughs> <laughs> That's
1: how I get better. I keep out out living and, and staying
0: yeah. in
1: better shape than yeah. the else. Yeah. First time with Jack. Can't remember the first
0: round of Jack. Paired with him quite a bit. Jack was a gentleman. I mean, he was he was easy to play with. I finished fifth at the PGA down in in. Uh, Palm Beach, and I was paired with Jack. The last two days, he won the tournament, and from to green, I beat him to death. Really? But every time I got ready to putt, there was already his ball was already in the hole. I mean, he was knocking in them all over. But the, he's he, he was easy to play with and
1: fun to play with. Did um, from the from that era, who else did you get to play with? That uh, I'm, I mean, would you probably
0: Hogan maybe. Your no. I never got to play with Hogan. I watched him play one day when, mm-hmm. when I can't remember. It might have been 1968. I finished my round. It was I think it might have been his last term, but I don't know. And he, I played in the morning. And he played in the afternoon, and I went out and watched him play a few holes in the afternoon. And uh, he was he was quite a guy. And then after I got on the t- on a regular tour, I started playing Hogan equipment. And every year when we go to Fort Worth, we had a dinner at. Hogan plan. He was there, and and you know, you hear all these stories, you know, about Hogan. I won't talk to you, and all like that. He was really nice. He told stories that night. He answered
1: questions. He was he was really a good host. I I, I was from my first three years. My term pro, I turned was at Memphis Country Club, and I had lunch with Kerry Middlecoff just about mm-hmm. every day. And he had some amazing stories about Hogan, and yeah. they are all fairly social stories. Um, yeah. the the fun
0: guy those guys had a a whole different oh yeah it's um, it's changed now we you know we used to be when we played on tour we were a group it looks to me like now they're all individuals playing out there absolutely they've got their team they have their they have their team but you know we were we were all one fraternity out there playing
1: it, it appears that there's a couple small groups that, and I don't know they were friends in college, like yeah. you know, Jordan Thomas and Speed yeah. and those guys. But, but you're right, the rest of them are just, they all have net yeah. jet hours, and they're all oh, flying yeah. everywhere. Of course, I'd like to be out there right now playing for that then, money they're playing for. Wouldn't would it be fun to be able to take a conversion? I was looking at your money last night and no. going, God almighty, how much money do you have right now? Yeah, a lot. I mean, but back then, you probably thought that was a lot.
0: Well, I mean, you, it was. It was. You know, I, I made a living for 32 years. Mm-hmm. That was my job. I made. A, I made a nice living for 32 years. But it, it, the money that you make and accumulate back in those days has no chance today. It just, exactly. just won't go very far. No,
1: you couldn't even. You'd have to give up. Yeah. Um. And it didn't look like the purses really started going crazy until probably the 90s it looked like it yeah. would, money started kind of and then Tiger came in and it really got going yep. but I, guess not, I guess TV had a ton to do with that you know the advertisers coming in and yep. and helping per- persons get raised yep. well it, you know the Tiger's Tiger's done a lot
0: you know of course it, you know, everybody's contributed a little bit but Tiger's he's contributed 90% of it probably
1: it, looking back at it, it what if anything would you have done different
0: oh man I don't know you know i don't I don't know you know it, it'd be hard to say i i I did the best I could at that time mm-hmm. you know that that's about all you can say and uh you know I, certainly I would like to have had a better swing to see you know if I could have gone a little further a little a little longer but uh you know, I did the best I could. I spent as much time as I could on the road to, to make money. Sure. And I spent as much time as I could at home with my family.
1: All right. it well, it's just a hard balance. Yeah. Because you're, you're going, just like you were playing somewhere between 25 and 26 events a year.
0: Ah, uh, shoot, up most of the time I played right at 30.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's a lot. Yeah. And it's not like the kid, they, they can come up and fly and join you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, If you could say, name one thing that separates the guys that make it and the ones that don't.
0: It has to be attitude, I guess. You know, it, it's mental. I mean, certainly. you know, certainly it's mental because there's still guys out there today that do not have good swings that are good players, really good players. But uh, – I don't know, you know, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know, you know, they, they go to these uh, sports psychologists or whatever, and I'm not sure they know any more than, than we do. But uh, it's, 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 it's mental to get to the top, and then it's hard to stay there. Exactly. It, it's, it's a mental thing. It
1: has to be. Yeah. And, and to be able to, you know, if somebody could ever figure out what that is, if yeah. you're right, the sports psychologists don't know. No. Um, they They've can, never been there. They have. I went and saw Bob Rotella once mm-hmm. and sat on the couch. and <laughs> funniest thing he said to me was he, 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 he had me explain why I was there and I, and I was going to go try to play. And I said, "I told him I'd been working out. And he goes, well, why are you working out? And I had no idea why I was working out. I said, get stronger. He goes, you know why the guys on tour work out? It's for the chicks. He said, quit working out and go putt. Which was <laughs> Absolutely true. Back in the nineties, that's, that's what yeah. I got for my thirty-five hundred dollars or whatever it was yeah. to see this guy for I
0: don't a couple know. Of days. But uh, you know, you know, you say working out. When when we played back in our days, they told us not to pick up anything heavier than a sandwich. Now these guys are working out and picking up three hundred pounds. So obviously, it's working. Whatever they're doing, it's working. Well. Y-
1: I th- my opinion on that, Gibby, is that they made the driver so easy to hit. Yeah. So now you can be. it you at, know, now it's about club You speed. And when you're hit, playing with a small, per headed driver and a ball that won't go anywhere, if you don't, didn't hit the middle, hit that insert, yep. it wouldn't go anywhere. Now it's, I mean, it's ridiculous.
0: Yeah, the sweet spot used to be about the size of a dime, now it's yeah. about the size of a softball.
1: Exactly. So, yeah. if you can drive it in play it makes tons of sense to hit it as far as you could yeah um, I know that when I was working with Keith and Adam the one thing I did tell them was, let's hit driver on every hole I wanted to just never have any fear with that driver and said and I don't care if you hit the fairway just keep it somewhere between the tree lines and the stakes and that ended up paying that huge dividends for both those kids because they yeah. just turned into they just outdrove drove out drove people um, and it's a shame the game's that way because I would love to see the skill yeah. part of it, come back.
0: Yeah, I still – I watch the LPGA. LPGA plays golf the way we used to play it years right. ago. We used to hit it from point A to point B to point C. like that? That's the way the ladies play. And
1: they're good players now. They really are. They, they hit the ball well. I heard a thing yesterday. I think it was yesterday, but Tiger, when he watches golf, he watches the Champions Tour. Is that right? Yeah. Says so He's very fascinated on how these guys are getting the ball – around the hole getting it in there so fast yeah, um, yeah. Stephen Alker here's a story mm. I played with him in there right? this one year well he's come a long way he actually he, he beat me by a shot I think is that right yeah he was uh, he was just average at best um, nice guy I mean kind of he's kind of stayed himself a little bit but yeah. geez yep how do you explain that
0: I, mean, I don't know, and it, it's confidence. I mean, once you, you know, you you hit the right shot at the right time. That's all you have to do. You get one good shot at the right time, and it gives you a lot of confidence.
1: Right, it does, yeah. Yeah. You know, it? he he didn't, he didn't have to go to qualifying school, did he? I, I think don't he think he did. In a, he he moneyed in one or two events, is what he did. Yeah, That's what exactly. And he won one of and them. And he won one. Yeah. And then now you're you're set. Yeah. let's talk about live golf okay I mean I get my opinions people ask me I I waited a long time before I formulated one well tell me what you think about it first of all there's there should have been a world tour years ago
0: and especially now there's enough you know good players worldwide to think but I hope I was hoping that the PGA Tour would be the major part of the world tour and I'm not sure it's going to end up that way. You know, I don't know. But, you know, the only thing I I wish, the guys that went over to the World Tour, when when you play golf, when you want to play for trophies, you play amateur golf. When you turn pro, you play for money. And these guys that went over there, very few of them said they're going over for the money and that's exactly what they did. Right, exactly. They went over for the money and and it's just like it's just like you if you know if you're making $200,000 a year and your one of your competitors comes up and says hey Zeb uh, go to work for me I'm, I'll give you 600,000 a year. You're going. You're going. You're going. You know, it's just that simple. If they give you a good lump sum up front and you play for more money I'm out of here. Have you watched
1: any live golf? I have not. Uh, and that's what. That's the first thing I ask when somebody asks me about live golf. I say, Have you watched any live golf? Yeah. And I have not either. No. And I have no desire to watch no. live golf. No. Which I think that says something about the problem of the product. Yeah. The um, the tour has done has done a good job. It looks like they're really trying to protect those this, this farm system of you know they have built in to get players coming out. And I think as long as they're doing that then live golf's going to struggle. They're only, they're only going to get the people that are kind of on the downside of back side of their career. They got one or two, but the majority of their players are 40 to 50 years old. That's right. And they weren't doing that much on the tour anymore.
0: So they had to take the money.
1: Right. And so you can't blame them, but at the same time, you can't ask viewers to not, not watch that. Yeah. Um, I mean, everything's going to, you know, the, the world's about change anyway, so it, it's going to change, but, and I'm sure Liv Gopple is going to help change things, but I don't know if it'll ever be something that I want to watch.
0: Well, I'd like to see the PGA Tour, the Liv Tour, and the DP Tour get together and make it one. Sure. Make it one, you know, and let the PGA Tour control the, 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 you know the, the deal, but... You know, there's there's so many golfers out there today, so many good golfers, that does not have a place to play. And if you make that, it might give more people a place to play.
1: Right. Well, and it's, it, it's funny that one thing that has come out of this is, is they're going to take care of the Corn Fairy Tour guys now. Yeah. I mean, they're going to help them with their travel expenses. Um, I do find it funny, that though, that the tour all of a sudden now has money to do that. Well, I and knew, that, I that knew that where that do. money was, yeah. So... Um, it's a shame that that you know it, it took what Mickelson did and to kind of expose some of this stuff. Mickelson was was right on a bunch of things. Yep, it's just a shame how he did it.
0: Yeah, he did. He handled it the wrong way.
1: Um, so you're not playing a lot, but you are teaching. And I understand you've got one pretty student
0: no, on your hands right now right. well, of course I've got several granddaughters and some grandsons and great grandsons Grandson, I've that. got a 13 year old granddaughter that's been playing a couple of years now and she's showing a lot of interest in golf she goes to Boyd Buchanan and uh, if she keeps working at it she's going to be a good player she, she loves it she loves golf we, every day she she gets home from school every day and every afternoon she wants to go play or hit balls one of the two so, you know, I'm spending a little time with her, and, and uh, she's, of course, I'm hitting it a lot shorter than I used to, but she's hitting it about as far as I do. <laughs> but it's fun to see. Well, it, it, you know
1: that's going to get worse, right? You're oh, going to get older. Next, summer, get she'll be,
0: next summer, she'll beat me. Yeah, there's no, no <laughs> we'll doubt be moving
1: about up it. up <laughs> Yeah. Of course, you ever played? Let me rephrase that. You have one round left. Where
0: is it it would have you know of course I love Pebble Beach, but if I
1: only had one round left, I'd have to play the masters um so let's talk about the nineteen eighty masters i i didn't start I started getting pretty serious about golf about that time, and I can remember watching it and Dad had me in there watch it, and I didn't start watching it till like the last day and and Dad just said, You need to come in here. You need to come in here. This is getting crazy. And I, and I, I watched a little bit of the telecast last night. Sevy had a 10 shot lead at the turn. Right. And then all of a sudden, you start making birdies like crazy, and he starts having some problems. Walk us through a little bit well, of this. Well, of course,
0: he was so far ahead, he wasn't going to lose. But, uh, you know, I, I played Sunday. Of course, I had to. I was even far after two rounds and made the cut. And then I shoot 68 on. Saturday, I had a low round Saturday, mm-hmm. 68. And then Sunday, I knock at six feet at one and six feet at two and miss it, miss both of them. And then I birdied four and six, the two par threes. Four, I made a long putt, and six, I knocked at a foot. And then uh, eight, I missed the green. green high of the right, perfect chip shot. I don't get it up and down, make par part 9, then a part 10, 11, 12, and a birdie 13, 14,
1: 15, 16. I saw those. I saw those. And made some nice. Putt- then I looked nice at the at scoreboard. 14. Yeah.
0: yeah. The funny thing is, the putt at 14, I had practiced on Tuesday. I knew where the pin was going to be one day, and I practiced that putt on Tuesday. So I knew exactly where it was going.
1: Yeah, you know, that ball, if you watch that ball, it takes forever. I didn't yeah. think you'd made it until about a yeah. hole, and it snaps off yep. and goes right in the hole.
0: Yep. Well. But uh, you know, of course, Seve was so far ahead, and you know, of course, Seve was—he's a great player. But he drove the ball all over the place, it, the and Sunday he he hit it in the wrong fairway two or three times, and ended up getting pars and stuff like that. But you know, he he's a he's a great champion. He should have won because I mean, he played great up to that point. But the last nine holes, he had problems. You know, so
1: did uh, what, what the scoreboard situation? When did you know that things were getting? I really
0: didn't look at. I looked at it. I was paired with J.C. Steve, one of my best buddies. Oh, I didn't
1: know. That. I was going to ask you. Yeah, I, I Couldn't was, even
0: tell him from, from a I was paired with J.C. and and uh, I birdied 13 and 14, and then 15. I drove it out there on top of the hill, and and uh, I didn't hit my drive all that good. That week, I wasn't driving well, hitting a cut shot, which is not good that's for right. Augusta. Well, that's not your. And right. I drove it up on top of the hill. I've got a wood to the green. And J.C. had driven it down there a little ways, you know, and he came up there and he says, "Uh, you going for it? I said, yep. He said, it's a long ways down there. I said, I got to go. I got to go. And I knocked it right at the flag. It went off the back of the green. And then coming down that hill, I left that first putt about six feet short. But I made that. And then the next hole, we get up on the next hole. We, the scoreboard's right now there. Now
1: you got one. So how, how you're three down
0: now? I don't know. I, I, exactly. I think I was three down then. Yeah. I
1: think I, I was yeah. watching last night. Yeah. It said he's
0: now pulled within three. And uh, so we're walking off the fifteenth green, and the scoreboard's right there. And J.C. said, "Now you're in good shot. You're in good shape here." Said, "Don't do anything stupid here." And I, we got on the tee, and, and I had hit a six iron, and that pin was over on the left, like sure. it always is. I said, "Shoot, watch this," and I knocked it about four feet. You know, and it wasn't one of those that came off the hill. It was right at it. You know, four feet. Well, you're, oh. if you're hitting little cuts,
1: it, yeah. Probably well,
0: the irons, are, irons, I was hitting okay. It was just the driver. Only the driver. I was hitting little cut shots. Like on on ten, I hit I hit a cut off ten, and I think I had to hit a four wood to the green. But I, you know, you cut it up in that hill. And oh yeah, it wasn't nothing. You know. So JC and
1: I got to you had me. I got to play with you and JC one day here in Chattanooga, uh, little Gibby, and. How was he during the? As you started getting closer, does he get quieter, or does he just?
0: Keep he on? got he got quieter. He just stayed out of the, stayed out of the way. Man, he was playing well. You know, he he had a good round going. I, I don't know what he shot the day, last day, but once he saw that I had a chance, you know, he was pulling for me, and he he just was staying out of the way. You know, right. But uh, but I had a slow round Saturday and Sunday, and so slow
1: weekend.
0: Yeah, so that was uh, I enjoyed that.
1: Remember how much I, I saw how much
0: money you made that week. It's about thirty thousand, wasn't it? Thirty-five thousand. Thirty-five. <laughs> you know how much second was last year? Two something. Over well, well, well over a million. I know. Yeah. I think
1: it's actually out there too. Yeah. Um, maybe I'm wrong on that, but it's yeah. it's well over a million. Yeah. Yeah. You made uh, up to that point that you made up to You made twelve thousand. Yeah, and there was an I read it, a quote where you said that looks that thirty five looks pretty good about right now. <laughs> yeah, did yeah. you all go to Hilton Head right
0: after that? I think so. Yes. Yeah. Do
1: you like Hilton
0: Head? Yeah, I had a had a second. I finished second to Johnny Miller at Hilton Head one year. Played well there.
1: How was it? Then? Did, you,
0: did you play with him any during, it, during the tournament? I played with him a bunch, but I didn't get to play with him that week. I again, I had a good round on Sunday and you know, pulled up a little bit. But uh, you know, Johnny's Johnny was a good guy. He was easy to play with.
1: Who was the best ball striker you ever ever played with?
0: Well, of course, it's gotta be Trevino. You know, as far as all the shots, Trevino. Dribble club face every time, just Trevino just just he he hit the shot, whatever the whatever it required, he hit that shot. You know, he was he was good. Now Johnny when, when Johnny was on When Johnny was hot, he he didn't hit any cut shot. He hit straight balls. He hit hit the straightest ball I've ever seen. And when he was on, every shot was right at the flag. All day long? All day long. Must
1: be nice.
0: Yeah. The
1: uh, Trevino, was he hard to play with or easy to play with? (laughs) Trevino
0: was... He, he was, you know, he's a great, I like him, he's one. He's a good friend, but he was hard to play with because he talked while he was hitting and he talked while you were hitting.
1: It'd be like playing with Danny Green. Yeah. You know, somewhat. Yeah. He, he, there's, there's conversation about every, every shot, every, yeah. every, everything's happening. I would think it'd be hard to play with Trevino.
0: When you play with Trevino, you don't have to talk, you just have to listen.
1: Right. Yeah. It's yeah. Save voice for, yeah. for your conversation with your daddy. See, um, so Other than the Masters, I mean, it, some of your fondest memories out there. I mean, could it, it, it be getting to play with Jack and, and Arnie at the same time?
0: I don't know fondest memories. You know, like Westchester was one of my favorite tournaments. I finished second there three times. Mm-hmm. Never could win. I finished second to Arnie, finished second to – I can't remember who else. You know, the other two. But, you know, I, I enjoyed, you know – you always enjoy playing well. When I got there, I felt like – that was my quarter. I, I drove the bog, that's where I was driving it pretty straight. I'm hitting drivers on the, the drivers off every fairway at, at uh, Westchester, drove it straight, and these the other guys are hitting two irons. I'm hitting wedges, and they're hitting six and seven irons. And uh, I had three seconds there, I enjoyed that. I guess probably my biggest regret on the tour, I never went to the British. I wish I. I went over there three or four years ago. My sister t- took me over there, and we played all those courses. We played St. Andrews. I really, really enjoyed it. I wish I'd have gone there. And I was exempt a couple of years and didn't go because they didn't play for any money. I was gonna say it's a— it's Yeah. Unless you finish first or second, you it costs you money to go over there. And I, you know, we played w- Milwaukee opposite the British, and for twice the money and
1: half the expenses. So right. I had to play Milwaukee. Well, I, I I was wondering about that. I, I think you and I talked about It for just financially just putting, yeah. you know. it's just awfully expensive over there and they they played for no money. So uh-huh. I,
0: I didn't go. But did I, you ever get pressure from your sponsors or did, did Hogan or quiver people go, We we'd like you to be there or No, not really. I mean, you know, we were pretty well on our own. I never was a big name. I was a you know, just a a struggler out there. I, I, I just tried to keep, you know, just make enough to keep going every year, and, and uh, you know, it, 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 was my decision, and I wish, I wish I'd have gone. Well,
1: that's, that's fair. Um, so you get, you, your favorite. We just, you, if you have one more round. You're gonna play the ma- Masters. I'd play the Masters. Who would be in that group with you? Oh, I don't know. You know, of course,
0: certainly my father would be one. Okay. Uh, little Gibby would be one.
1: Know who else? I don't know. Well, you, we, you can you we can play three. You, t- you can text me <laughs> later and let me know who you think it is. <laughs> Best shot you ever hit?
0: Well, I, that's that's pretty easy. In 1970, when I won Houston, Bruce Crampton had me two shots down coming to 18 Sunday. It's a long part We played Houston Champions, long par four. In, is there and one on the left. No, no okay, water. I can't that was the hole then. that was seventeen water left. Okay, and he sort of popped his tee shot up, and he's going to have trouble reaching the green in two. And I hit a good drive right down the middle, and he hit a three wood left to the green, probably forty yards left to the green. And I had maybe two hundred yards to the hole. I don't I don't remember exactly the yard. Pin was in the left rear back there, and I knocked it six feet. Made it. He Crampton made bogey, and I made birdie, and we've gotten the playoff, and I got him on the third hole
1: awesome that is awesome All right, here's a, here's an off the peak one for you you and I are, are going to we're going to have to choose them up you get to choose first you want you get to choose between Ed, Ira, or Lou Ed Brantley Ira Timlin or Lou Ewing. who are you picking? oh Lou you're taking Lou yeah do so you guys play some together? yeah but we played a few
0: rounds together yeah I came, when I moved, first moved back to Chattanooga you know they had, used to have a little thirsty game you know with all the guys played and I went up to Lookout Mountain and played and they paired me with Lou Emick you know and I never will forget the very first hole I drove it down the middle and knocked it about 20-25 feet right in front of the hole I'm looking at the putt and he said what do you think I said well it looks to me like it breaks left you know right over there mm-hmm. That's right. you know breaks right you sure yeah boom knock it right in then we get around to that Part three on the front side Did you tee off the rock mm-hmm. Number six I knocked it in for one There you go Yeah But you know we, we Of course we lost You know But uh, okay, yeah, we had you, fun Lou was a great He was he was a gentleman
1: Yeah he really was He was a great guy I got to play with him I was 16 years old And we are playing The Signal Mountain Invitational And I was a member of Signal And so there was quite a few And we're in the last This is the last group of the day Final round And uh, he and I'd never played with him before my dad knew so much about him. He was more excited about it than I probably was. And I can remember he was very nice, but he made me move about 10 times. If you got anywhere in his peripheral vision, he'd just stand up and go, Patton, and just start waving, just pointing me over this really <laughs> way. And I, it, 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 he was such a neat guy. He, would, he, a, he was older than obviously, and yeah. but he was, I guess he was probably 70 when I played with him. Probably if he had
0: any ambition to play the tour he would have he would have done as well as Sneed and Hogan and all the oh so you the think Dave was
1: that good
0: yeah he was that good he had He had all the shots that's interesting yeah he was good
1: first time you shot your age
0: uh, it was over at Valleybrook 66 I don't remember what you, uh, were, you shot
1: 66 I was
0: 66 years old when we were over at Valleybrook yeah
1: I would have thought that. I just—I'd better way earlier than that.
0: No, no. I—I I quit shooting those low scores a long time ago. <laughs> it's easy to shoot now.
1: Brainerd Golf Club. I mean, very close to your heart. How did you get? Where was? Where was that? I was looking at it because I—I knew in '83 you were you were running Brainerd, but you right. also played twenty-something times on tour. Is that? I
0: had a contract with Brainerd. You know, I had a ten-year contract in uh, on the pro shop in the golf carts, Mm -hmm. and I was allowed to play up to twenty-five tournaments a year. So there was twenty or twenty-five. So there was something in the contract like that. But I don't. I don't think I ever played twenty. I don't know how many I played, but I, I played a few. But I played. We started there in 82, and I played four years playing 12, 14, 15 tournaments a year. You know, that's when they changed it to the top 125. Mm-hmm. It used to be the top 60. We all, we had to make top 60. Then when they changed it to top 125, that was easy. So I did that in tw- 10 or 12 tournaments, and I did that for four years. Then finally I missed it, and I
1: quit. So I guess running Brainerd allowed you to be home more. Yes. It was probably a huge draw. And plus, yeah. you know, the golf course, it was... And all my kids were,
0: you know, kids are starting to grow up, and I wanted to be there, you know. Gibby was starting to play, and I wanted to be there and, you know, watch watch him play, watch Mark play. And, and uh, you know, it was fun. It's kind of fun to still go out there, isn't it? I played there, I think it was last summer. The golf course is nice. It it's is, it's it? in good shape, and I love what they've done to the clubhouse. Clubhouse is a neat place. My grandmother
1: lived right across the street. Oh, is that right? Right, right I mean, literally, walked just right across the street. Yeah. And I can remember as a kid just, um, I was young. This is before I even started playing. But I could remember just sticking yeah. out there going, what are they, what are they doing? Yeah. Um, I, play, I played The Brain Invitational this year. First time I played it, and I guess it's been 34 years since yeah. I've played it. I've, I haven't
0: gone out there. Of course, I, I don't play that much anymore, so I don't jump around too much.
1: Um one of my greatest memories of you is, and I'm, my dad died in um, 04 and it, it was one of those. He just died of a heart attack, dropped dead, and and I remember being at the funeral, I looked up and there you and little you were, and it was so moving for me. I was like, oh my lord, they are here. Um, that's what kind of person you are, you know. You, 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 it's surprising to me sometimes that the things you remember, but little things like that, you know, to do yeah. that. You know, you were so busy, and both of you guys were playing a lot, and um, it meant a lot to yep. me, that, that, and I don't know if I ever told you that, but uh, when I was getting ready for this for our podcast here, I thought about that, I was like, God, you know, he was, I was a stun. It was, it, it took me back, and it was, um, well, it meant a lot. Yep. You know, we were playing a lot of golf together then. Yep. Um, you and Gibby were whooping up on me and Bobcat quite often. <laughs> no. But, uh, you know, that made me a better player, you know. Um. You guys, you know, if we beat you guys, we knew we played really, really well. And um, you guys had that long ball going, both of you. Yeah. Well, um, it, it, again, it, it, it didn't matter how far you hit it; it's how long you hit <laughs> in the hole. You know, it, it's, it's like you guys could kind of keep us on the hook there, and then we would get toward the end there. Yeah. Gibby thanks for coming doing this with me this was you know when I started thinking about doing a podcast and you were in my top five immediately I was going to get on here yeah,
0: um, well good well thank you and I appreciate you asking me and uh, good
1: luck with it I hope it, hope yeah, it does I, well I think it's going to be good for everybody isn't Gibby great I could listen to him tell stories for hours he's a true Chattanooga legend well that's a wrap for this week our next podcast will be released Christmas Day, and our guest is the 2021 USGA Ladies Mid Amateur Champion, Blakesley Brock. Blakesley is one of just four Chattedoggans to ever win a USGA event. She has an incredible story, and I know you're going to love listening to her. Thanks to all of y'all that listened today, and I hope that you, each and one of you have a Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year, and we'll see you soon.